Trash it, change it, mail, upgrade it, charge it, point it, zoom it, press it, snap it, work it, quick, erase it, write it, cut it, paste it, save it, load it, check it, quick, rewrite it, plug it, play it, burn it, rip it, drag and drop it, zip, unzip it, lock it, fill it, call it, find it, view it, go it, jam it, lock it, surf it, scroll it, pause it, click it, cross it, pack it, switch it, fade it, name it, read it, tune it, print it, scan it, send it, text, rename it, touch it, bring it, play it, touch it, technologic. And it's that time of year again, ladies and gentlemen. We are here at the wet dream of every single geek, nerd, cosplay and Comic-Con fan that you can imagine. And we are surrounded by the best, well, not the brightest, but the best of some of Belgium's cosplay scene. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Facts 2014. And today, these two are going to compete in a orc Seduction battle to the death? Yes. But I'm going to win this. Is he? Oh, I'm going to win. Who's going to win this? Who's going to seduce me? I don't want to know. <laughs> Enjoy Fast 2015. Here we go. We are here at FAX 2015, the one and only place where you want to come if you are not an Imperial. This is the Rebel Legion Benelux, Benelux base, and I am talking to Stain, head, can I say head, leader, supreme commander, wing commander? <laughs> Just a rebel pilot. Just a rebel pilot. My personal Red 5 standing by, who is going to tell us uh, about your fan club today. First of all, I want to congratulate you about the awesome setup that you have, the great costumes, the wonderful cosplay. And uh, today you are also celebrating uh, the arrival, or it's going to be tomorrow, of Carrie Fisher, right? Yes, Carrie Fisher, come tomorrow. So exciting times to be a Star Wars fan, episode number seven coming up. But um, when you, what do you, you want to tell me a little bit about your fan club? What does it entice? What uh, do you do? Uh, we do charity work, so we go to hospitals, to everywhere, everywhere people need uh, Star Wars, we go to visit them and bring them on Star Wars Day. So you basically, you dress up in cosplay for charities, children's hospitals? Everything, uh, events, conventions, uh, comics shops, uh, every, everything. And you are not the Imperials, you are the good, good, guys. good guys. The winning team. The winning team. Um, Disney has recently acquired the rights to uh, Star Wars and I talked to you a little while ago where you told me that it's not just putting out a costume when you're going to cosplay, there are a lot of rules involved. Many rules, the costumes has to be perfect. Uh, we go to judges, uh, they say this must made like this, must made like that. And when you get approved, uh, you're in the gang and uh, you can go troops, official events, uh, everything. Uh, every, if we get an event uh, by George Lucas, we get an invitation. Uh, we do something in Belgium, you can come. So there's a big difference between having a Star Wars costume at home and really being a part of the fan club. Yes, a big part because the little, even the little children of seven get all the faults of your costumes. They say that's wrong, that's wrong, and then it's over. Oh, okay, back to the table and make fix it everything. 
So also, when you're in costume, there are certain things you can and cannot do. Yes, uh, normally we should only talk in English, but here in Belgium, uh, a lot of the French people doesn't speak English, so we answer them in French. Or the little children does also not speak English, so we talk in Dutch to them. Uh, we cannot run around with the cell phones in our hands. Uh, we cannot say swearing things or smoking or drinking alcohol. Uh, that we cannot do. There are a lot of rules. I've heard that there is some fear in the cosplay community that the rights, the, the fact that Disney owns the rights, they're going to get stricter and stricter and stricter and that cosplay might fade away. Uh, this is something we fear. Uh, I just talked with the French uh, rebels who are here and they feel now the problems with Disney and uh, France. That they have pull everything to them. So, uh, so for clubs, they will only be able to troop in conventions, but like store troops or other events like cinemas uh, will not longer be possible. It must go first through Disney. So they are really taking hold of the rights and telling you more and more what to do, despite the fact that the fans have kept Star Wars alive all these years. All these years, but I think uh, it will never fade away. So long Mary Franklin, uh, the, the right hand of George Lucas, uh, is watching over us. She really protects uh, the clubs. And then on the other hand, you can never tell the rebels what to do, can you? No, <laughs> we do our own thing. <laughs> uh, we, we don't have su such a big structure like in the 501st. Uh, really strict. Uh, uh, sometimes you think it's an army, but... It is an army. Yeah, but, but we are just, we it's fun, just for fun. fun. So are you looking forward to episode 7? Yes, and also to the animated series Rebels, uh, who has launched it. But here in Belgium it will be only in Dutch, dubbing. Dub so I will wait for the English versions. Okay, I'm planning on meeting Mary, uh, Carrie Fisher tomorrow? Uh, yes, I will see her. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Uh, I'm not the stormtrooper. No, there, there you go. <laughs> so that's good. Thank you, Stan. I wish you good luck with uh, the club. If people want to join you, how can they contact you? Where can they go? Uh, they can go to rebellion.com and uh, from there they will guide you directing us. Um, or when they see us on Facebook or on uh, the street, they can always uh, ask us any question they want. Okay, thank you very much. Good luck on the con. And may the force be with you. May the force be with you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there is a reason why this man is becoming insanely, insanely popular. I am here with Deadpool and his soon-to-be wife. <laughs> I'm here with Deadpool. Yes, I'm Deadpool. Okay, Deadpool. The years have not been kind to you. How come? What? <laughs> the years have not been kind to you. You think so? I look beautiful. How is it uh, to be a superhero with a stroller? I can hit people with it, so it's okay. But they still say that you have a young squeeze, so your beautiful wife is here with, their, uh, with a great outfit. And what's that? That's my pet dragon. His name is Buck. And what does Bog do aside from bite Deadpool? Biting other people. There you go. So how do you see retirement, Deadpool? I can't see shit. 
there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Even for superheroes, it gets a little rocky when they're aging. What? I'm also here with Jeffrey at Force Relics. And they say if you're a Jedi, you have to make your own lightsaber. Well, if I take a look at what's in front of me, you're a Jedi a couple of times over. Yeah. What do you do? We produce and make our own lightsabers and we make them for the Jedi who aren't able to do it themselves. We try and bring a high quality product at a decent price for the ones who do the cosplay and cannot make their sabers themselves. So basically you built a custom lightsaber for every customer. Exactly. These are our standard models, but if you want something to your taste, to your wanting, we can make anything you would like. So where do you start out with one of these? What are these made of? These are basically, basically made out of aluminum. They are machined to the shape we want them. And then we start applying leather, powder coating, some etching, even some carbon to make them look and stand out. After that, there are electronics installed. A main power LED is installed for the blade light and some accent LEDs to make it stand out more. If you want sound, that's an all different option and a little bit more expensive, of course. So you even have a built-in gyroscope for the sounds. Yeah, exactly. These sabers react to, to movement, to sound and to impact even. So if you impact another lightsaber, the blade will flicker and it will look like you're really hitting another lightsaber. That's amazing. I mean, the amount of detail in these things is actually more detailed than the Star Wars props in the movies themselves. Yeah, that's true. We do not have the luxury to film ourselves and apply the effects afterwards, so we want to do this as real as possible in real life. How long does it take to build one of these? Depends. The smaller ones, two to three days. The ones with the special electronics, you have to count two to three months sometimes. So it's, it's, it's really different uh, between the stunt line, that means only light, and uh, the fully optioned uh, line with the sound and the light. So do you just have models and people buy them, or do you have really people coming up to you, I want, uh, I want one in, like, um, purple? Yeah, we do that. We have the standard ones, that's what we display here today. But we do have a lot of customers contacting us, asking, we want this lightsaber, we want the lightsaber from that character, can you do this? And if we can, we do. That's amazing. So, where can people order these? www.forcerelics.com You know where to go if you want your saber to look just right. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who's a Jedi, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 15 times over. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you. She's here with me, Daenerys Targaryen, the mother of dragons, with her very own dragon. First, let me congratulate you on a beautiful costume. How long did it take you to make it? Um, well, I, I did it in a night. Well, tonight <laughs> I made it. But yeah, it took 16 hours, perhaps. The most stunning feature about your costume is your hair. Is this your original color? Uh, no, my original color is brown, but yeah. <laughs> Did you have it dyed just for the cosplay? Um, no, I've had it for about a year now, I think. It's a perfect match. Yeah. So, what do you think makes Daenerys Targaryen such a strong character in the Game of Thrones? 
well, she's like this fierce woman all alone, and she's she's just amazing. What? Hmm. Yeah, she just does it all alone. I think. Were you uh, sad when she sent Sir Jonah away? Yeah, I was. But he was kind of an ass too. But he should have told her. So what is to come in the next season of Game of Thrones? Is Daenerys Targaryen going to be killed off? Um, I hope not. I don't know. I'm not going to tell. Will she release the dragons from the cage? Maybe. Will you be watching? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, beautiful cosplay here. Daenerys Targaryen, mother of dragons and mother of this dragon too, I think. They're here, ladies and gentlemen. They say it's blue and they say it's bigger on the inside. I sure as hell hope so. These guys have to pit inside all of them with a ever-growing Belgian Hoovian fan club who is here today second year in a row on facts bringing us the great stuff that's Doctor Who. First of all let me congratulate you Vela on a new doctor. Thank you we're really excited about it yeah. So how is it for the Hoovians who have basically started up around the real cult of Matt Smith little bit of uh, the previous doctor who now have to get used to a much older much darker doctor what do you think of Capaldi? Um, I love Capaldi actually and I think I was a bit scared beforehand because he's a lot older he's very different from Matt Smith but I've only gotten positive reactions really I think everyone really really loves him um, the stories there are some different opinions but about Capaldi everyone says it's amazing which would be logical because he is an award-winning actor so you can't go wrong with that and he is also a Whovian classic. He has played in Doctor Who before. He even once wrote to be the chairman of the official British Doctor Who fan club. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a giant, giant Whovian. He's a bigger Whovian than all of us combined. He's a fanboy, yeah. The one thing how a geek can get its revenge is by wanting to be the, pre the president of the Whovian fan club and then becoming the doctor. Which brings us to the question, is there anybody in your fan club who is planning to replace you? Because that will be the 15th or the 16th Doctor. Uh, well, everyone who wants to replace us can just join us because we're like a team. So it's fine. If you want to replace us, just come and tell us and we'll work together because we don't want to cool. So um, are you for or against the fact that Jenna Coleman is taking over the limelight from Peter Capaldi this season? I don't think she is. There's like lots of discussion about it, but beforehand people were complaining that she was just background and she didn't have any personality. And now she has a personality and people are complaining about that. So you can't make everyone happy. And I think she's showing her personality. I don't think she's taking over. This is going to be a very loaded question. Is she edging the path for the first female doctor? <laughs> I don't think she is. I think... At some point, there will probably be a female doctor, but I don't think Jenna Coleman is making a way for that. No, she's, she's being a very good companion, and that's what she's there for. They said she's going to quit in season two? Uh, sorry? They said she's going to quit in season two? There's rumors, but at season nine, then, you mean? Or, yeah, there's rumors, but nothing's confirmed, so we'll see. Yeah. Okay. 
thank you everybody of the Hoovian fan club. Once again, congratulations on a great turnout, great cosplay, and I wish you a lot of luck with the doctor this season. Thank you. How can you do an event on facts? How can you be here working for Nightwise.com and miss out on Knight Rider? What is cooler than David Hasselhoff? His car. This is not only his car, it is the arch enemy of his car. Kit and car. We are here with their two proud owners. Gentlemen, this is really impressive. I'm gonna start out with car first. What? came upon you to start saying, you know what, I'm gonna build a car. Well, when I was a child, I always watched Knight Rider and uh, I was fascinated by the car. And uh, I always say to myself, once I grow up, I want a car like that. In the past, it was not possible to buy something like this. So uh, when I grew up, I started looking for a car, then conversion parts, and I started building it. So this is the arch enemy of, of course, David Hasselhoff's, Michael Knight's personal kit. What kind of car is this? Well, the original car that was used was a Pontiac Firebird Trans Am, which just came out when the series started, so it wasn't even, uh, you couldn't sell it, you couldn't buy it, sorry. So uh, they made a deal with uh, Pontiac and they bought about 50 Pontiacs to start the series with and it became so popular that people who were watch, watching the show wanted to buy the, the car with all the extras like in the series. And then Pontiac says, uh, we, we don't want you to use Pontiac Trans Am anymore. So if you look at the series, you will never hear Pontiac mentioned in the series. But the base is a Pontiac uh, series, uh, as you see here, Trans Am. So this one is a Trans Am as well. So Pontiac made 50 of these for Knight Rider. And after that, this, the, the, the car went into production. Or did you have to modify it to make it look like car? We had to modify it to look like car. Because it's a different nose of the original uh, Pontiac. And um, we, we had to do buy the scanners, the, the, the front nose, that's all um, modified it. Uh, also the dashboard is different, the steering wheel is different, all the electronics uh, has to be made. So it's a lot of work. And this is so cool because you just told me you can drive this on the road. Exactly. Uh, when I bought it in 2009, it took me seven months to get it road legal. Not because of the steering wheel that's so different, because that's only a small uh, line on your on your sheet and it's okay, it's good to drive. But the fact, every time I went to, to have it checked, some other inspector came along and said, oh wait, you have to come back next time. Not because there was a problem with the car, because the other inspector wanted to see the car too. Really? So it took me seven months to get it on the road and finally it was there. So uh, it's all road legal in Belgium, we can drive with a steering wheel like that. It has a normal plate so I can drive on the road, but of course I get a lot of attention. This is the ultimate babe magnet. Now, you have the evil version of Kit. What was the attraction to Carr for you? Because he was only there for like one episode. It's uh, very funny because uh, I didn't met uh, Friedrich a few years ago. I said, I bought the Pontiac, I bought the nose. And uh, the, the guy where I bought it from, he said, well, you live in Bruges? I said, yes. Well, I know another guy who had bought the one 
totally done. I said, no, <laughs> no. So uh, I said, yeah, I'm going to make car then. And then we have the two different cars because in Siri, car was f made first and then kit was made. In fact, this is the original prototype. Yeah, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, which is the best one? Well, uh, kit is the best one for the people because uh, kit protects people, car protects himself. It's a malfunctioning program, so a car will do everything to protect itself. So all we need to do, ladies and gentlemen, to, as I can use the words from Highlander, make out if once, when once there can be only one, is to put a little baby stroller on the middle of the road, both cars can drive up to it, one car will survive, and one car will think of itself. So ladies and gentlemen, aside from the fact that these two guys are going to get chicks like mad, I want to congratulate you on these two awesome, I wouldn't call them replicas, they're freaking originals. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Knight's cool, David Hasloff's cool, but this, this is far beyond. Again, beautiful, beautiful cosplay this year on Facts. Anastasia and Lola with their own interpretations from a, a character of Allison in Wonderland and Fawn. Uh, Lola beside me here is now a girl that fits inside the shot, but normally you're like six feet high because you have hooves. Yeah, I nor normally I have hooves, uh, like wooden plates. I'm standing on my toes on them. Uh, made them with my dad. Um, yeah, he's a carpenter a little bit, so we made them. Um, yeah, but they hurt my feet a lot, so I take an hour break between in between intervals so so this is actually um a little bit of a peek behind the scene how hard yes. it is to be a cosplayer here it is endurance these people have to work hard not only on their costumes and their beautiful beautiful makeup but also the fact that you are although you look as beautiful as a blue cat as it is you are sweating like a pig yes yeah, I really am. I thought it was actually going to be cool because they warned me, and this is my first time on Facts, and they warned me that it was going to be, yeah, you know, there's going to be air conditioner here, but apparently not, so I'm sweating like a pig. I'm dying inside, and I just can't imagine because there are people running around here with bigger costumes, and I can't imagine how they must be feeling because it's just too There is air conditioning here. The air con <laughs> Yes, it is in a box upstairs on yeah. the basement, and it yeah. has never been unpacked. Yeah. Cosplayers are renowned, renowned to sweat a lot, drink a lot, and have to take a lot of breaks because it is too much. How long did it take you to get your makeup ready? Uh, we um, got out of bed, yeah, three hours. We got up at five o'clock this morning, uh, took a train at eight, I think, so three hours, one hour each, and then a friend of ours also with me. So we have to know, did you come here in cosplay or you did did you do it here? I came like this. I came in this outfit like with my leg warmers and stuff. But uh, yeah, I didn't put on my stilts, obviously, because they would hurt so much. And when I arrived here, we were in the line, I put them on. So the conductor had absolutely no trouble identifying where is this girl going? It's either Wonderland or Ghent. 
<laughs> yeah, no, they actually, I think they got it because everyone was kind of staring. Little kids were crying, looking at us like, what the hell is going on? And we're like, yay, we're not scary at all. Her eyes are weird. Yeah, they, they kind of, you know, we scared some people, I think, with our eyes and everything because we have contact, so yeah. It would be so amazing to talk to little kids and remember, you, you know the little place under your bed? I live there. <laughs> that's where oh, I came from. For next time, I'm going to remember that. Ladies, a lot of fun is what I wish you this week uh, on Facts Today. I also wish you a lot of cool breezes and a lot of drinking breaks and a lot of uh, breaks to walking on two feet stilts. Will you be coming next year? Of course I will. God damn it, this place is so cool. Will you be dressed as Aquaman with just swimming shorts? No, I will be dressed as Batman or something. I'll find In a bikini. Yeah, in a bikini. Bikini man. Yeah, bikini man. Any ideas for next year's outfit? Uh, probably the same as this because I worked a year on it. So uh, I'm going to recycle it and maybe we'll see. Have to see me next year. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, for this great interview with these two beautiful cosplayers. Cosplay is hard work. Respect the people that do it. Sports, that's facts. Well, there's a first time for everyone and there's a first time for everything. We have here with me Cindy from the Belgian Quidditch Federation and behind us, they are playing a pretty mean game of Quidditch. Cindy, what the crap is Quidditch? I think you all know Quidditch from the Harry Potter movies or the Harry Potter books. It's pretty similar, but we uh, translated it to a real-life sport. Uh, as you can see, we still use brooms, so uh, we run around with brooms between our legs. Uh, but the game is, is pretty much the same. We have bludgers, we have a quaffle, you have to score points with the quaffle, you can hit people with the bludgers, it's, that's all the same from like, like the movies. Um, and we also have a snitch, but that's a bit different because we don't have a little ball that can fly. Um, that's actually a person who's running around with a sock attached to his shorts. And in that sock is a tennis uh, ball. And uh, the seekers have to catch that tennis ball and then the game is done. Is he always in the game or just from time to time, from moment to moment? Because right now he's not in the game, right? No, that's called off-pitch seeking. Uh, the snitch can go anywhere he wants. A snitch runner, actually. Uh, he's running around somewhere here. Um, and he is released at the start of the game and he can just go wherever he wants. And uh, after uh, a certain amount of minutes, uh, the seekers can go looking for him. And then they can actually basically leave the pitch and go looking for yes. uh, the, uh, the somebody very enthusiastic in the yes. background. Uh, <laughs> they can go looking for him. There he goes, yeah. He's, he's coming. Yeah. So here comes the snitch, ladies and gentlemen. He's running around over there. <laughs> With uh, an orange shirt going over. Yes. And you can see the ball attached to his shorts. Yep. That's the thing they have to, to catch. Okay. So they can the players leave the field then as well? Only the seekers? The seekers, yes. But mostly um, the snitch will come back to the pitch because otherwise it would be too exhausting to keep running around everywhere. So he has to keep to the pitch then. 
so that it makes uh, oh, sorry, sorry so that it makes uh, the the catch the catching easier. So this is actually a full sport. You do competitions and everything. Yes, we do competitions. Actually, uh, international competitions as well. Uh, we are now. Um, finalizing the Belgian organization, so the Belgian Quidditch Federation, so we will have a Belgian competition, um, but in the UK there's already pretty hard competition over there, you have a British Cup, there's also a European Cup, which we participated in um, this year, it was in Brussels actually, so teams from the UK and from the Netherlands came over to here. To, to Brussels to play in the European uh, competition and there's also a World Cup um, uh, the Global Games it's called and Belgium participated in July it was in Canada so is the, Be the Belgian Quidditch Federation actually better than the Belgian national football team soccer team <laughs> if so that would be awesome um <laughs> Not yet, maybe, but we're getting there. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, if people want to join up and want to play Quidditch, what can they do? Where can they go? Um, we have a Facebook page. It's uh, called Belgium Muggle Quidditch. So they can go uh, to Facebook and uh, look us up. Uh, and there are many Facebook pages for the different teams as well. And we, um, some of them have a website. We're now making the website for uh, the Belgian, the whole Belgian Federation. So you can certainly find us online. Okay, thank you very much and good luck with the game today. Thank you. We're up on night to the sun. We're up on night to get some. We're up on night to get fun. We're up on night to get lucky. We're up on night to the sun. We're up on night to get